NNF After Dark is brought to you by Sandpiper Vacations. For all of your vacation planning needs, visit www.sandpipervacations.com. Tell them that the No New Friends podcast sent you. to NNF After Dark. Chris is going to take you through the highlights of the previous episode and maybe even say some bad words, plus celebrity interviews, and much, much more. And now, here he is, the scumbag reselling hoarder himself, Chris Yob! Welcome to episode 5 of NNF After Dark. Now, just a reminder, this is a supplement to the main show. This is not the main show. This is the first ever episode you're listening to. Stop. Pause it right now. Stop it. Don't do that. You gotta listen to the main show. This is something we're doing just to give extra content for unnecessary content for for that matter but if you like unnecessary good content this is the show for you but if it's your first time stop it i told you to stop if you're still listening why are you still listening pause this and, and listen to another one so this is the supplemental episode to episode 144 of the actual uh, podcast where it was our april fool's day episode and it was a lot of fun last year we did something crazy where we weren't even here well you guys weren't i was and uh that is his crew came on and did the show this year we brought back some defense Funked segments and that's not very hard for the show because we have a lot of them so uh scott remind me i know we did chris's conspiracy conspiracy theory right we did we, we did uh strange news history time strange news one of my yep. favorites history time history time and that was it right that was it that was it yep yeah so how'd you pick those and were there some that you didn't pick scott uh, I picked those because those were the ones that actually got the homework got done on. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, I put them all out there. You know, history time was really popular. I, we only did it once or twice. And that was our first segment we ever did was a history time with Mary. We did that starting in episode two and it only lasted, I think once or twice because I didn't. Yeah, I'm glad like you it. stopped. I would just turn on NPR if I wanted that. <laughs> I don't really need that well, from your new friends podcast. You know, we didn't really know what we wa- we didn't know what anything was going to be. It was just two idiots screwing around on a microphone. Um, it's true. <laughs> and it wasn't as hot as it sounds, but yeah, no, so. <laughs> <laughs> right? And yeah, it was. Um, it it didn't really work. You know, she was talking about Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart and I didn't really get it. And she didn't get that. I was going to interject and kind of interrupt and talk about it. So she was like, uh, she kept trying to go pissed off at you, not pissed off, but she like kept trying to read the story and not embracing the improv <laughs> back and forth. So that didn't last very long, which is oh, just you know, like you. Yeah. I was just going to say that. It's very <laughs> Um, And then we did uh history time. No, I'm sorry. We just said that. Then we did, um, why can't I think? We didn't oh, do Strange we didn't, News. Yeah, yes, we why, did Strange why did News. We do, what, yeah, so why did Strange News fizzle out? Because I hate it. I hate it. Because it took I up a whole segment? Strange. It took up a whole segment. It did. And I kept trying to get Mary to just do one news story. But that one news story, there was just so much content for us to talk about. And it was right around the same time that I was really trying to make the show more niche. And I just didn't feel like it fit anymore. 
And we we uh then we did Christmas Conspiracy Corner, which I'm so which happy is terrible. To stop. It, that, it's horrible. As funny as you are, that segment is just even tonight. I was like, yeah, this was a mistake. Like I made so just, bad. It's it's just not good. It's not no. Good it's just not good. We just don't know how to play on it. Do we take no, because, it seriously? Do we do we try to debunk it? And yeah. it just it just doesn't work. It doesn't work with our style. I don't think because when you read like the like the top sentence in a conspiracy theory, that's funny as it is. Like you don't need to dive into it. Like you just don't. Now what? So Nick, I actually have a question for you because when I was looking up conspiracy theories, I just want to see if how. If you have an experience with this, there's a lot in the gay world, probably. Well, so, well, <laughs> good, good, good segue. Good segue. So, Alex Jones says that um, chemicals in water are turning frogs gay. And, um, and the majority of frogs in most areas in the United States are now gay. Um, he said that in 2017. And he, My gaydar has not been going off. For so, the no. <laughs> No gaydar. <laughs> so the frogs aren't gay, but so the government are. So okay. So I just want to confirm this from a from you. Um, the government is not using chemicals in order to turn people gay. They're not using mysterious quote gay bombs end quote devised by the Pentagon. You were not hit with a gay bomb. I can't even say that on the street. <laughs> I mean, I was hit with a glitter bomb once. <laughs> kind of. And it like and it goes in your throat. Look it up. I got glitter long. Glitter long. Google it. Oh man. Yeah, that's the thing. Awful. Listen, if I so maybe if I Google glitter long, maybe that turned me. Is on? that is that going to be graphic? No. Wait, wait. I searched glitter, <laughs> and it just says glitter <laughs> and gay. <laughs> it's the first thing that always pops up. Glitter and gay. <laughs> glitter, and glitter and gay. Not strippers. <laughs> yeah, cases of glitter okay. long are on the rise in elementary schools in 2005. Yeah. Wow, there's actual. Well, I'll tell you what. I kind of want glitter long <laughs> because you get an X-ray with glitter long and you look dope. Like it looks. Like you look. This is this is probably what your X-rays just look like all the time. <laughs> Basically, just... I mean, our our last cruise we went on, we had champagne, and I brought edible glitter to put in the champagne. So <laughs> I was trying to the entire cruise. Just... <laughs> <laughs> so it's not the government with the with the gay bombs. No. It's the gay community. It's the, 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 the gays are turning everybody. Yeah, yeah. Gay. I, I, I'm guilty. I, think. <laughs> I, I, I I like my left leg. I think is gay. Like it's just like kind of like it's spreading. Um, we're working on it. Yeah, <laughs> we're working on it. It's spreading. <laughs> so, Alex Jones' uh, theory on the government uh, turning people gay is debunked. It's the gays that are turning people yeah. gay. I respect <laughs> that. I think <laughs> I think it's pretty good tactical warfare. Um, we need to listen. You need to get equality somehow. If you turn everyone gay, everyone's equal, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay. Okay. So, so Chris, yes. what percent gay would you say you are? I think fifteen percent. 15%. Okay. Yeah. I thought about it. I think 15% because I'm not gay to the point where I like, man, but I'm gay. where like, I, I like, I listen, if I could wear rainbow stuff every day, I would. Okay. Like, I don't know. Like as far as, his, as far as what he's wearing right now, it's zero. Yeah. Yeah. But... His sports stuff, you know, <laughs> it's opening days. Yeah, tomorrow. It's on the inside. Well, I might know. I had my sandpiper shirt on yesterday. Yeah. No. See, like, that's why this is like, this is the 85% straight. <laughs> I think the clear glass is a little gay. Maybe. I don't know. What do you think, Nick? Maybe the Phillies hat. Phillies hat. I think I think we do colored frames. Colored frames. Colored frames. Okay. Yeah. Well, like, I'm not saying with the Phillies hat. I, we, my husband and I just saw the letter P, and we thought it was. So far as people. So so Sean puts in the chat. Is that for? I thought that P was for peeing. I was like, I was like, for you, maybe, Sean. <laughs> so Sarah, do you do you have a percentage of gayness about you? We we haven't really gotten into. Uh, we know some of Mary's college stories. Do you have any fun hot college stories at all? No, none at all. But 
that's a lot. My sister and no, uh, well, I, you'd I have to it. go to college to have college stories. Oh. You know what I'm <laughs> okay. saying? No, you don't. So. It's just a time in your life. It's not a- <laughs> no, there's nothing like that. But they're convinced that um, you know my sister in law and I. We we're we're very close. Oh, you and yes, yes. Yeah, Lola and I are very close, oh. and she's made it a point to say that she's the wife, and my husband is like the side chick. Oh, okay. So you are a little gay. Yeah. So tell us a yeah, little bit I more mean, about I, that. I don't know if that counts if it's only for one person, but wait, what? No, I think it definitely counts. I think it definitely Does counts. It? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nick's married. Nick's married to one guy. And he's gay. You can be married to one woman. <laughs> That actually mm-hmm. shows dedication to your, your relationship. That'd be awkward. Yeah. It'd stay in the family, you know. I don't know if that's that a would good thing. be really weird. It'd be very right. Amish of you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> very very Amish of you. Or like very like um um uh, you are down south. So I guess it is a little on par for it. It would be it wouldn't be as questioned as much if it's if it was up here. I don't know. We won't say anything. We'll cut all this. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yeah, so Sean chimes in and says everybody's a little gay. I think that's true. I think that's true. Honey Boo Boo once said it, and if Honey Boo Boo said it, everybody's like, <laughs> okay. It's like, like the app. Please tell me you watch Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> I know who she is. <laughs> so, I mean, it's because people, people were calling Scott Honey Boo Boo for so long. It's like, I got to look up to see. They're like, you look like Honey Boo Boo's mom. I was like, wait, what? And then he starts, and he starts looking it up. All right. E- easy Jonah Hill before all the weight loss. <laughs> So, so Scott, we were talking segments, <laughs> and um, and you left out Carline Chronicles. That was a that was a pretty pretty good one. Yeah, that like. was a really good one, and that was right about the time that she decided to get all career oriented, and uh, and started taking the Sunrail to work. Which uh. the Sunrail stories were by far, or stories from the Sunrail, and then uh, yeah. ghost stories from the Sunrail, and then Queen of the Sunrail. Those were my favorite segments that that didn't last because I felt it worked with the theme of the show and they were funny. Uh, it was kind of like awkward encounters, but on the sun rail. And, uh, and then she quit that job. So um, obviously some commitment issues that we have to deal through or she's got to deal through with her, uh, with her therapist. But we'll yeah, talk, yeah, we'll talk to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sun rail one was my favorite. But yeah, Carline Chronicles is what kind of hooked uh, hooked some of our listeners at the very beginning. Because like, oh my gosh, they've got Carline Chronicles. And it was very, very relatable. Yeah. And mm-hmm. would have been great to stick. But it didn't. It didn't stick. I, I've noticed that the segments that do stick are the ones that require no homework. Because <laughs> Chris's Cliff Notes, I literally write during the show. Uh, Ryan, uh, Florida man versus Jersey. And Ryan's not even on the show. Exactly. So Ryan, (laughs) Ryan sends it into us. So it's like, I think that's. So basically you guys don't even have to be there. No, well, I do. Chat GBT. Yeah, I don't need to be there. Chat GBT. Yeah, I'm working, I'm working on chat GBT. Remy's trying to shove that thing down my throat. Speaking of shoving things (laughs) down your throat. What's going on uh, your throat? Nick, why are you gay? Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, did you ask any of your friends why they're gay yet, Nick? Oh crap! Oh, crap. you got it. Listen, first of all, you have to. You got to know why. Ask if they were hit by a gay bomb. Ask, ask if they were uh, hit by the government by the Pentagon's gay bomb. Because maybe we can undebunk the debunked uh, theory we just had. But also, I just think it'd be uh, really like just call them on the phone. And say, hey, why are you? Gay? Why are you gay? <laughs> um, Scott. Yes. You. St- you actually could have had a segment tonight. 
Oh yeah, what's that? Oh, I was the gonna do the bad movie reviews. Of, oh, oh, adult, adult in question of the week. week. Yeah, but that may come back. Like, I don't know that that's necessarily killed. I'm just trying to figure out that may go once a month or, or something like that. I, that's not dead yet. Uh, I haven't so like I haven't once a month, once every two months. So you're gonna like it'll be on track like with with the uh, your sex life. Uh, exactly. <laughs> gotcha. All exactly. right. So then we'll 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 know. Yeah. I'm trying to think. So were there any other segments that were left out tonight, or was that it? Let's hear bad movies oh, we never did. You know what? You know what I wanted to bring back just for just to laugh at it was the three minute long Jaws intro. Oh my that, god! That do you if you guys, um, which I don't know if you two listen to that because that was a while ago. But I know that classic Ryan definitely heard it. And new Ryan since he went from episode one to to the current episode, he definitely heard it. Um, Scott asked me and Mary, "Hey, can you say I'm Mary and then I'm Chris?" And we sit in like these very unnatural voices. We're like, why are you doing this? And then like we had to sit through like two and a half minutes of Jaws, like the Jaws ride audio. And then you could hear our dumb voices going, I, I <laughs> Scott goes, I'm your skipper, Scott. I'm your host uh, for the best and only podcast of its kind. Yeah, it was real dumb. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I, I, it's because Remy sent me, Remy sent me the audio from the, from the Jaws boat. And uh, I was like, oh, I've got to incorporate this in the show because why not? It only makes sense. And how many listeners did you lose? <laughs> we didn't have any listeners at that time. Nick. Oh, you didn't have any yeah. at that time. Okay. At that point, we were still finding ourselves. <laughs> it had to have been like episode 30. It was early. Like around it was, there. It was early. It, it went on for uh, a lot longer than it should have. Yeah. Yeah, it did. <laughs> and then you had the Back to the Future uh, intro for a while. I did. I liked that one. The little that Back was to good. the Future still, time. Still very long. Still, still very no, long. No, it was just a, the do-do-do-do-do-do. And then the, the 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 DeLorean going into the future. That was real quick. It's like 15 seconds. No, that's quick for you. <laughs> are, um, no, are you kidding me? If I lasted 15 seconds, I'm calling Guinness and letting them know about my world record. So now we're talking, we were talking about segments that are defunct segments that we're keeping going. Let's talk about other patterns in the show that we've kept and stuff. Ooh, patterns. What do you mean by that? So my, <laughs> No, hold on, but real quick, another defunct thing. Do you Uh, remember? So it was right after you did the um, My Place is a Simulation when you were telling mm -hmm. your your cat skills story. And I was like, oh, this is brilliant. Every week, I'll lead the first segment. Mary leads the second segment. Chris, you lead the third segment. That that lasted one week. And I was like, that was no, awful. it did not. Trust me, because I remember how long it lasted. It did was it last more than one? Well, hold on. Oh, yes. It lasted one week because we were doing three episodes a week. <laughs> no, I, I, that was no, that was awful. That was a terrible that, idea. That was like, listen, guys. Like I'm talking about, like the segments that stuck was are the ones that we don't have to do homework for. We had to do homework. Yeah, every no, single. It wasn't time. homework. It was just okay. You're going to lead this segment. So, like Sarah, it, it, imagine if it was like. Okay, you're going to have this whole segment to tell a story, but every week you have that segment. The third yeah, like segment is go yours out. every week. Yeah. yeah, like I had to go out and like embarrass myself on purpose just so I had just something to content. talk about. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because I never lie on the podcast, so everything I say is the truth. But I had to go out and do stuff. Oh, it's horrible. Um, so yeah. I feel like I just start watching TV shows and making up stories that, <laughs> you're right? of stuff that I did. <laughs> And then Ryan or all the Ryans would call me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, it was good times. The um, so one thing that I hate that I do, but I love that I do at the same time, is the movie quote thing. Don't know, don't quite know how that started, but it really stemmed off of me being very awkward when someone introduces me places. 
So that's usually my go-to when I'm when I meet a new person. And like Emily will say, um, uh, like I'll go to a school event with Emily, and Emily, oh, this is my husband Chris, and I just go, "You can't handle the truth." Like I just say a <laughs> random movie quote. Usually breaks the ice pretty well. So I just started doing it on the podcast. Yeah, I don't know how that started. I, I know I said I wanted you to kind of start with a catchphrase, and then it just you just kind of did it one week, and I was like, "Oh, that's perfect. Let's do that." And then Mary and I will try to guess. Yeah, it's fun because I don't have to put much effort into it. I don't like, like you say, you introduce Sarah and she says, hello. And it sounds so nice. I can't do that. Like no, I can't, I, I can't, I can go, I can say hello. And it just sounds like very, like I should be thrown in jail. Like it sounds like some. Drag it out a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. I think it's hello. Like I just like, exactly. it sounds like, it sounds like when. um Sarah, have you when, ever auditioned for a 1-900 number? No. Okay. No, never. Side note. Sorry. I have a when business opportunity it, for you. <laughs> when I say it, it just sounds like one of those jail people that Clarice gets uh, <laughs> uh, tortured by when she's walking down to see Hannibal Lecter. Uh, yeah, so I'm kind of glad I stuck with the movie quotes. Now, I do, uh, spoiler alert, peeling back the curtain. Oh, I said it the right uh, you way. Said, no, yeah, pulling you back did. the curtain. Pulling back, it doesn't uh, matter. Pulling back the curtain. Pull, peel, I, I find my movie quotes while Scott is introducing Mary most of the time. You know, you literally say that almost every week. You're like, yeah. oh, it threw me off because Mary wasn't here. I couldn't uh, search for my movie quote real quick. Yeah, that is true. So I do have sympathy for you, Nick, for when we have you on and you're like, and Nick from Sandpiper. Like, I don't, like, what do you say? I don't, I never know what to say. And I always get awkward just in general in life. And I, the butch side of me comes out. I'm like, what's up, bro? Like, it's not me. What's up, bro? <laughs> so I guess we're all a little straight, too. <laughs> how, how, I try to act. What, I, I bring out my one year of straightness. My one year of straightness. <laughs> what percentage straight are you? Uh, six. Six percent. Six percent. It's gonna say maybe eight because if you turn an eight sideways, it makes boobs. Oh, that's true. <laughs> That's maybe true. 8%. I did spell boobs out on a calculator when I was a kid. So <laughs> really. <laughs> <laughs> Straight enough. Eight <laughs> percent. I don't. I didn't even see Sarah hitting a remosa tonight. She hit one. You did. Yeah. No. Oh yeah. I saw. It's yeah. There. I just wasn't observant. Uh, I got the. I, I went with the. Uh, the sparkling, shimong red. The little gay. <laughs> sparkling wine. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> no, Lewis is my supplier. He'll text me and be like, "How's your mimosa doing?" Like he's goddamn husband of the year, Jesus! I, I really don't. He you really guys are really not talking about him. He re- Sean, sorry. if you're listening, <laughs> no, Nick, Nick, they're making. You just making, see him uh, like come over and he peeks. He's like, is it, is these it high standards. Uh, I mean, Sean did bring banana bread last week. So. Yeah, we need to have Lewis That's on and right. ask him why is he gay. <laughs> we're gonna have, yeah, listen. We're gonna have we're gonna have Lewis on. An that after would dark. be a very interesting conversation because <laughs> yes. he has stories. I'll oh. tell you. Oh, oh. he does. All right. So next yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Before we end this show, we talked segment. about all the defunct segments. Before we end this segment, uh, we, we talked about all these defunct segments. We also talked about Scott cooking dinner. And we talked a little about me. We talked a little about Sarah, but Nick, who's the, who's the cook in your house? Sean. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, I mean, we both like to cook. I just... Don't have the energy to do it half the Nick, time. you are getting straighter by the minute. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, you're a door da- you're DoorDash just... guy, Nick? Anymore, Do you yeah. DoorDash in Ohio? I'm just lazy. Yeah, yeah, all the time. 
Is it, what, <laughs> we're not in the country. What do you just? What do you, <laughs> you just? DoorDash, Skyline, <laughs> Chili. <laughs> oh, that, we haven't done that yet. Actually, but we did DoorDash. We did DoorDash K call. <laughs> we're, we're actually we're actually texting during this and a group chat, and Sean saw a picture of Pop Tarts from somewhere, and I told him the DoorDash. Pop <laughs> There's a new kind that just came out. Apparently. What kind? Spotted Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of close to it. It's a frosted banana bread. Oh my god! Ooh. It's right. like banana oh, bread—the official tomorrow. cake of of gay <laughs> of the gays. <laughs> uh, I guess this week. <laughs> we'll give it back to me next week because I no, that'll be my fifteen percent of me. I love banana bread, especially when the cho- you throw the chocolate chips in there. Oh my god! Yeah. Um. So okay. Or pump. Pumpkin banana bread. Yeah. Oh, never heard of that. I'm gonna write that down so Emily can make it for That's, me. That's Sean. Sean can bake. Really? So I'll he's the baker, that. and you're the yeah. and you're the eater of the. All right. So so you're the me in the relationship. You're the let's just DoorDash something. I'm just always on vacation. So. <laughs> <laughs> I let them do the cooking. That is, it literally is your job. You're just a you're just a hardworking man. That's just all it is. You're just hired. Tired from all the vacations, man. <laughs> I it's exhausting going on vacation so much. <laughs> all right, so <laughs> Scott, we have a very special interview we're about to get to. Give it, yeah, tell, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, look, I'm I'm really excited about this interview. Um, you know, he's not a celebrity. You've never uh, really heard his name except for me mentioning it on the podcast. But it's it's Chuck Falange, the host of uh, Ashes to Awesome podcast, and. He kind of, we spent some time together today kind of telling me his story and uh, his journey, first of all, into addiction and all just the the crazy things that he did. And, you know, obviously spent some time, I shouldn't say obviously, but spent some time in jail, like like a good amount of time in jail. And, uh, you know, just, just was headed down a real, real dark path and kind of how he's come out of it and now how he's he's using his voice to to speak to other other uh, other other people who are on their uh, their journey to recovery from addiction and also the families of anybody who's lost a loved one to to addiction and when i when i first met chuck i i really you know i i, I listened to a couple minutes of the podcast and all that and i'm like dude it's, you got a great thing it's a, you got a great voice you got a great message but i really hadn't listened to an entire episode and i decided today i was driving home and i and i listened to one of his memorial memorial monday episodes he does five episodes a week memorial monday um topic tuesday kaleidoscope wednesday just the tips Thursday, which I am his co-host on for just the tips Thursday and then final thoughts Friday. And I listened to Memorial Monday and I, it was a mom who was talking about her son who uh, tragically died of a fentanyl overdose at age 29. And I was immediately hooked and I, I got to talking to him and he said, and that's why I do this podcast. He goes, yes, it's for people who are recovering from addiction. Yes, it is for the the loved ones of people who have lost someone or or are going through the addiction. Um, but it's also for the people who have no idea what a problem uh, fentanyl is and the opioid crisis is because, because politicians don't listen to drug addicts. They listen to sober people and they listen to people who, who are educated on it. So, you know, it's uh, I, I would highly recommend checking it out. 
give it a chance. Listen to the Memorial Day Monday, Memorial Mondays. You'll be hooked. So coming up, here's my interview with Chuck LaFlange. There are three things that I hate in life. Taxes, nausea, and booking vacations. The first two I'm stuck with, but for the third, I use Sandpiper Vacations. Sandpiper Vacations is a small business that is LGBTQ plus owned and operated with travel advisors all over the country. Whether it's a cruise, a trip to a theme park, or an all-inclusive resort, Sandpiper has you covered. Oh, and I forgot to mention, it's free. Why book a vacation when you can have someone else do it for you? That's like choosing to take the stairs in a building that has an elevator. Leave the headaches of booking a vacation to someone else. Get your quote today at www.sandpipervacations.com and tell them that the No New Friends podcast sent you. Hey everybody, it's Scott from the No New Friends podcast. If you'd like to hear all of our episodes, all of our past episodes, just visit our website, nonewfriendspodcast.com. All of our links to all of our old episodes are there. If you didn't understand an inside joke or just wanted to re-listen to something, just check it out. It's nonewfriendspodcast.com or you can check us out on all streaming platforms. Welcome back to NNF After Dark. I am joined by a very special guest. Now, you hear me uh, talk about this podcast at the end of our Sunday Night episodes, the From Ashes, or, sorry, Ashes to Awesome podcast. And so I've got the host of Ashes to Awesome podcast, Chuck LaFlanche. Now, before we get into it with Chuck, this is a super important podcast, okay? It's all about uh, addiction and the recovery from addiction and you know, I I didn't think that I needed this podcast because I've never, other than other than cigarettes, diet coke, Bud Light. You know, you hear me being silly about all that stuff. I don't I don't have any addictions, nor do I know anybody uh, who suffers from the disease of addiction um, or have lost anybody. And I I started listening to to Chuck's podcast, and and he does an episode five days a week, and I'll let you t- let him tell you about it, um, but. I listened to a Memorial Monday, and this was a mother uh, reading, a mother delivering the message about who her son was before he passed uh, from a fentanyl overdose. And, you know, it, it, it's, it creates awareness for, for those of us who may not have, uh, have any exposure to, to addiction and how dangerous it, it can be. So, I encourage everybody to check it out. Start with a Memorial Monday episode, and and you're going to be hooked. But without further ado, my my special guest this week, Chuck Laflange. Chuck, how are you? Hey guys, uh, thank you, thank you for bringing me on, and thank you for the kind words. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, of course, man. You're an inspiration. I love what you're doing. It's mm. so it's so important, and uh, you're you're. What you're doing, it's it's reflective upon your listener base. It, it keeps growing. You double it week over week, which is unbelievable. It's fantastic, and really uh, you know, like I tell you all the time, if you could just save one life by uh, by your message, you will have done your job. Uh, right, and you know what? I, I take it a little bit further than that. And, and I said this when I started my blog some time ago. That's of course there's a story there, but um, if I can keep one person sober for one minute, I will have accomplished more than I did for 30 years of active addiction, right? And it just, so anything after that's just icing on the cake. And then that's kind of what we're getting to now. We seem to be, you know, reaching a few minds and hearts. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it's it, it's so amazing. 
Now, um, you know, for, for those of you who are, are familiar with our shows, we're very silly. We make a lot of jokes. We even make some fentanyl and meth, uh, meth jokes. Um, so this is not going to be that today. Uh, we're not going to stop making those jokes on our regular show. And understand that when we make those jokes, uh, you know, we do recognize that it's a serious thing. Uh, and, and Chuck has listened to our show and he approves our, uh, our, our joking about it. But, More but than tell approved. me a little bit about your, your story. <laughs> and, and, and again, yeah. thank you so much for letting me be part of your show because now I'm on on Thursdays and you yes. can check that out. We do just the tips Thursdays <laughs> where I give uh, tips well on, on what to uh, different things you can do sober. Uh, not that I'm one to talk, but, you know, I'm just trying to help a brother out. Yeah, you're the yin to the yang on that so, one for sure. Uh, <laughs> right. So, um, Chuck, kind of take me through your journey. You know, uh, where where the addiction started and uh, geez, uh, the, yeah. now the recovery journey that you're on. Uh, I, that goes back a long ways. Um, I guess I was like most teenagers, and you know, you start messing around with with beer and pot when you're, you know, I think I was 14 when I discovered. But it wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, it was because I'm 14, but no more so than anybody else. Um, I'm 18 before I see Coke for the first time. And that was, um, that was, a, it was an episode unto itself when we first, um, anyway, I'll, I'll get to that. Uh, I'm 18 when I, I tried Coke for the first time. It immediately is like crack is my new best friend. I lose, right. um, it was only about seven months that time, maybe eight months that I went hard and I hit what at that time was my rock bottom. And rock bottom is very different for everybody. So for some people, it's I lost my job. For some people, it's a gutter, you know, and 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 everything in between. So uh, for me, I woke up one morning and went, "Fuck, we've got no power. We've got an eviction notice on the door, and we smoked an eight ball last night." And it was just like, "Oh fuck, wait a minute. Where's all my friends? Where's my family?" And I alienated everybody in this short amount of time, and just went, "Okay, I've had enough." So I stopped smoking crack, but it didn't take that long before I got back into Coke. And I, I'm going to say just Coke. Right away, I, I'd given up crack, and it didn't take me long at all, a couple months maybe, when I started snorting Coke again. And I stayed on, I'm going to use the word just, and I know to, to a muggle who's never been around drugs, it's a crazy term to use, just. But I was just snorting Coke for 19 years and nine months. And... Wow. There's a big, well, there's a big difference between Coke and crack and it's like $700 a day, right? So, oh my God. Yeah. It's like a big, like, yeah, it's a huge difference. So a person could be a functioning addict, uh, snorting Coke for, for his whole life. Really? Uh, it, I shouldn't say that. Uh, well, some people can, um, it decimates a lot of lives and it, you know, it, it's a major problem in its own way. It's kind of a, a slower, more painful thing uh, a cocaine addiction is. But a crack addiction is very fast, very serious, very noticeable. And that's people lose millions in, in a year kind of thing doing that, right? So, right. Um, so and, and through all that time, uh, it's funny. I was a dirtbag. I, I, the book I was going to write was Memoirs of a Dirtbag, right? So to me, a dirtbag, the term when I use it and our friends, is just a, a, to me, a dirtbag is just a criminal. And I was a dirtbag for you know most of my well all of my my young life, and then I went to jail, jail like not juvie but like adult jail when I was eighteen, like a month after my birthday, and I did seven months, and I got out and I said fuck that man, that is not going to be me. I'm not living that life. I stopped stealing and I started selling drugs. I stopped going to jail for 
ever, right. 20, 22, 23 years before I went saw the inside of a cell again. And I was a career criminal, really. I, I had some success in some business. I, it, addiction and recovery, neither one is ever in a straight line. They are, uh, it, it's, an, it's an erratic journey at best. So, you know, I, I was on top. I, I opened some vape shops when vaping was new. Um, and in a year, I went from a tackle box to four retail locations. Like, it was fucking crazy. And then wow. that, all, that all fell apart, ended in divorce and me owing the feds a half million dollars. So that didn't work out the way I planned. But right. I, um, I've had a half a dozen businesses over the year. But then in between, I'd be this fucking asshole and, and partying and, and carrying on. And then finally, when I got back on the pipe towards the end, smoking crack, that was it for my life. I, I went from functional to train wreck. I got busted with a large amount of fentanyl. And I wasn't even dealing fentanyl. I'm going to tell that story real quick. I decided to sell my business, my Coke business, to another Coke dealer. And I hate to say the number because it's almost glamorizing, but whatever, it's, it's real. I, I was selling it for $40,000. So essentially the clientele that I had and my phone number for $40,000. The deal was when he took over half of it, he, like when, or when he had paid half, that he could take over the business and pay me in payments for the rest. Mm -hmm. and, and like on a per you know, ounce price or whatever we had worked out. So he had paid me just over half and said, okay, man, you got control of it. You start seeing these payments come to me. And he said, hey, you know what, man? I'm going to give you five ounces of fentanyl. He owed me 17000 at the time. Five ounces of fentanyl at that point was $20,000. He said, I'm going to give you that. Instead of you waiting for payments, you can get the fuck out of the game because I know your heart's not in it anymore. I went, yeah, man. Okay, we'll do it. They put that fentanyl in my hand, and a minute later, I got busted. The cops, wow. had been, the cops had been watching him. I was on my way to go drop it off on two different guys and retire. I'm not kidding when I say I was 20 minutes away from retirement, and now I'm looking at 48 years. It was Jesus. like, what the fuck just happened, man? Like, I never, like, never, once or twice I'd taken little hits. I, jail was not a thing for me. I was selling this business to get out of it, and if you want to make God laugh, make plans. So... <laughs> Everything went to shit. When I got out of jail that time, um, I had lost everything. What I didn't actually lose, I had perceived I had lost. And, and by that, addiction, one of the worst things it does to people, and it, it keeps its boot on your neck by making you believe that nobody cares because of the shit you've mm -hmm. done, the horrible things you've done, the piece of shit that you are, your parents don't love you anymore, your friends don't love you anymore, and you might as well just fucking stay in it. And that is the worst part about addiction. No, it's not the worst part. There's so many bad parts. It's one of the really bad parts about addiction. So I got out of jail. The guilt and shame, you know, we had already lost a cousin to fentanyl overdose. There's people dying all over the place. And now I just put my family's name in the paper for fentanyl. And it boot on my neck, right? So the next two years, I, I did end up beating the charge. I'm not going to get into all that uh, through some luck and I'm not a religious man, but I got to say, you know, there's, there had to be some, some power there. Um, I, uh, I ended up beating the charge, but I, you, I was so far gone by that point. It was, crack was my whole world, right? And um, in that two years, I experienced violence, some really fucking terrible things, you know? And I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish on the devil himself some of the things that happened in that two years because I just spun out of control, right? And now as a result, I end up with PTSD, which is great because, you know, fighting the addiction wasn't enough. Now I got to deal with crazy Chris too. 
and, and, and that's been its own journey. I have been officially sober now. You know, I'm not going to say the, the time for longer than I've ever been, ever, since the first time I smoked mm -hmm. a joint. I've never been sober for this long. Um, and I don't share it because of lessons in the past. And for me, it's about living for today. And I'd actually have to look at a calendar and math it if I wanted to know exactly how long I've been sober for. But um, Sure. Yeah, it's just a different way of thinking on that. The 12 Steps really celebrates those days. I, I personally just have a different way of handling it. Um, so I move out of the city I was at, and I, I kind of just today started saying the cities are in the last couple of days. I was living in Regina for all of that. I moved back to Calgary. Hold, um, hold on. Was, did, you just say, did you just say Vagina? I said the city that rhymes with fun, Regina. Yes. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Deadpool. First episode. <laughs> first two minutes. We get into that. All right. So I uh, moved back from Regina to Calgary where I have this huge support system. All my friends from 25 years ago love me and are genuinely concerned about me. And it's like, fuck you, addiction. How have I been missing out on this? Right? Because it, it made me believe, not think, believe to the core of my being that nobody gives a shit. My family loves me. Everybody loves me. Not everybody. I'm an asshole. Some people hate me. But um, I've, I've come back here. I moved into this fucking house because me, this would only happen in my life. I move into a house from Facebook to just like a whatever, a Facebook marketplace, rent a room. This is a drug-free house. Yes, yes, yes. Drug-free house, drug-free house. Two fucking weeks into it, these guys stop pretending. And there's like, there's crack and there's meth and there's fentanyl. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Right? Like, this was not part of the plan, you guys. I'm fucking in recovery here. And so I just stayed in my room, but I've also got this PTSD. And the guy that was there was like this giant man child. He screamed all the time. And it all kind of come to a head on New Year's Eve. I went up to the kitchen to, to make a sandwich or something. And there's these six, I won't say the race because that's racist. Here, generally, it means drug dealer. But so there's these six guys that are quite obviously drug dealers sitting at the table. And I'm like, fuck, this sucks, man. And, and they're known for being violent. And I just, okay, whatever, go back to my room. And then a few minutes after that, I hear a shotgun cock right outside my bedroom door. Mm. And you have to remember, I'm dealing with fucking serious PTSD at the time. And now the shotgun cocks, and I hear this psycho man-child screaming at everybody to get the fuck out of the house. I don't have a clue what's going on. And right. I, uh, I stayed in my room for two days, pissed in a cup and dumped it out the window because I was so shook. I just, absolute fear. And I, it's, it's crazy. It's not a rational thing, so it's hard to describe to somebody. The best thing you can understand about it is that you'll never understand unless you have it. And even then, you won't understand somebody else's because it's fucking so different for everybody else. But Right. So in that, from then until I left was about two weeks, I actually lowered my backpacks out the bedroom window with an extension cord <laughs> right? to, to when I left. Right? Cause I was like, fuck this man. Like, I don't want to deal with these people. I'm out. So, and, and I went and moved into a much better situation. Just before I left there, I'd been talking to my mother and about, you know, this sucks cause I can't get a normal job. This is making it really hard on me. You know, like I'm not, what do I do? And well, what would you want to do? I said, mom, if I could do anything I wanted, I'd write for a living. Cause I, I had such a passion for that when I was, when I was blogging. But my heart's not in that yet anymore either. And it might have been later that day, it might have been the next morning. She says, why don't you start a podcast? Okay. I had never listened to an actual fucking podcast until she said those words to me. And this is four months ago now, right? Not even four months ago. 
Right. So, yeah, yeah, this is New Year's, just after New Year's. Jesus, man, as if this, it's been a crazy time. So the next day, I pick up a Windows 7 laptop for my roommate. He let me use my new roommate uh, the day after I moved in with no microphone on it. <laughs> and I, I create the first episode <laughs> of what was then called the Dopey Canuck, the, the, my first attempt. And, and I recorded the first four episodes like that. And I started off with funny stories thinking that I could get attention that way because I got it. I got some fucking stories, man, that will just, I don't care who you know, they would blow your mind, right? Um, they blow anybody's mind. And, and a lot of them are funny. And I've been telling them for 20 years. So I've dialed them in. I know, you know, I've got some good timing and all that. And I thought that's what I was going to do. I thought that was the mission. And then at some point around episode six or seven, I did something that was really serious and I felt really good about it. Um, and then... Episode 18 happens. And episode 18 is, it's about my cousin, Jesse. So some background on Jesse. She was a fentanyl addict. She, five of her kids lost them, um, was fighting to get them back. She moved in with my mom. Uh, she came from Alberta over here to Saskatchewan, moved in with my mom and, or from here to Saskatchewan, I should say, and was clean for 11 months. Never had she been that. She was, she so beautiful and funny and smart. And if you go to 18, episode 18, and you'll, you'll see her picture there. She's just the most amazing person. And after 11 months, if you can fucking believe this, she lost her fight to get her kids back. She'd been wow. sober for 11 months now, but the stigma of addiction follows you and she still lost them. And that crushed her and it broke her. And she relapsed and she died alone in a bathroom. And... When I went to, my mom had written this post for a, a massive addiction group in, um, on Facebook and it went crazy viral. It had like 1800 likes in the first day. And my, my mom is a gifted writer and anything that I, any semblance of, of a writing gift comes directly from her. And it was a beautiful piece. And I was walking one day and I, you know, I, I go for these daily walks. It's a big part of my recovery. And I thought I should get mom to read. Or, no, no. I said, I'm going to read mom's post. Because at that point, I, I'd never even had somebody on the show. And I tried three times to read it, and I couldn't get through it for the tears. So right. I called mom and said, Mom, I need you to do this. I need you to do it right now. Could you, could you read your post for me, please, on air? And mom being mom said, yep. And it was on a Monday, and I put it together, and that was the first Memorial Monday. I didn't know that's what I was getting into when I did it, but it played so well. People responded so well and in my mind it left jesse being known for who she was not as how she died and i thought this is it man this is how i can i can do something right and yeah so we did the memorial mondays and um that kind of started the idea of a monday to friday format because at that point i was just pumping them out Right, like I had no no format for sure. I was fuck. There were some days I put three episodes out. Right, <laughs> it was crazy. Um, you know, right, right, right. It was fucking yeah, nuts. So, sometimes I have to reel you back because you're ready to do like five episodes in a day, <laughs> right? and I'm like, all right, yeah, whoa, right. Whoa, 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 Chuck, you gotta, you gotta. I know you're you're riding this high right now, and you've got so much to say, but you got a lot. You know, you got to pull them in, get them hooked. Yeah, so right, there is a little right. bit of a strategy here. Yeah. And and you know what, I'm gonna sidebar real quickly and say. That uh, your mentorship, Scott, um, since you know we met on that Facebook group, fuck what a month and a half ago, two months, has Something been like absolutely that, yeah. instrumental. 
I was stumbling around in the dark. Me and my friends, just got some pretty smart people. I'm not stupid. You know, I usually land in around adequate somewhere. And not one of us thought to look for a fucking Facebook group on podcasting. Right? It's like, we're going to get all the information we need from YouTube and each other who don't know anything about podcasting. And fuck, man, it was just crazy. So and I'm like, wait a minute. One day, you know, I'll bet you there's a group or two about this. And not every time I touch my mouse does it have to be a fucking learning curve. And lo and behold, I, I ran into whatever group it is. I'm not really good with names and stuff. Um, and we, yeah, we connected. And since then, some of the things that you have, uh, you've helped me to, to get a, a concept of, and it's, some of them are really intangible. I couldn't even specify them, have been instrumental in what we're doing with the show. So, uh, and for that, I am very, very grateful for very, very grateful. Well, it's, it's, it's my pleasure. You know, uh, I don't know if you believe in a higher power or whatever, but the universe or God or, or whatever, you know, puts, puts people in, uh, in each other's lives for a reason. You know, there's a reason why you're in my life and there's a reason why I'm in yours. And true story. You know, I'm passionate about helping podcasters, um, you know, kind of shorten the learning curve you know and not have to make some of the same mistakes that i've made and <laughs> your your show is just way too important to uh to ignore or to not want to help and uh you know in, in talking about the memorial mondays you know and, and it's no surprise that that's kind of the episode that took off for you because like i, I just i just called you because i just started really get dialing into your episodes and i started with this week's memorial monday and it hooked me and and it, and it definitely got emotions out of me you know as as we're hearing this mother talk about her son who died at 29 years old and uh I'm like, oh my God, that hooked me. And I've got to have you on to tell your story and to kind of tell about your podcast because it's it's important. And and you said something to me on the phone. You know, politicians are not going to be listening to addicts. Um, they're going to be listening to people who are advocates for addicts. And you know, there's a uh, there's a real crisis, uh, not just in our country. Chuck's from Canada uh, with opo opioids, fentanyl. You know. It, O overdose in general and Absolutely. uh things need to change and and that fight needs to be fought it sure does and, and actually there's some crazy things happening right now but the law that you messaged me about earlier today um where you can buy fentanyl for you know cheap i guess right um 47 american yeah, it's like dollars. 47 bucks for two packs yeah yeah that's a car payment in canada like us 47 us is like that's a pretty big yeah thing, 47 right? us know? yeah we'd buy like cake of beer eh? you know <laughs> so, <laughs> um it is actually yeah it's like 60 bucks here or something i've never heard of anybody paying for fentanyl so you guys got some work to do down there for sure um like like a lot of work because nobody should have to pay, pay for fentanyl it just or not for fentanyl sorry for um for narcan or whatever narcan is a short word for it um but that's a big step in the right direction. Um, you've got Bruce's law right now being debated in Senate, I think. And Bruce's mom, Mrs. Snodgrass, I can't remember her first name. Um, I'm hoping to have her episode up for two weeks from now. Her friend, mm -hmm. Julie, her friend Julie, who's also a part, they are the faces of advocacy in the U.S. And they reached out to me via the last one you heard, actually, Clayton's mom. And it's been really powerful. Like the, the exposure is unreal. Um, and Bruce's law, you know, it's going to change some things down there for you guys and, and, and up here to, by extension, anything you guys do eventually makes its way up here. Right. Like, like all your fucking guns, you know, I make it up here too. Um, <laughs> sorry. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Memorial Monday. So 
they've really hit they've really hit hard i'm going to answer my own question and just kind of frame what a memorial monday is right now so um yeah and i've gotten pretty good at describing those now right so i'll do it rather quick efficiently i shouldn't say quickly efficiently um so the memorial mondays uh what they are they what they started out and what they are now are actually very close it's one of those things that didn't evolve much because i felt right from the first episode we kind of had it figured out so i've done little tweaks the idea being uh, the mission of a memorial monday episode is to raise awareness to the fact that the people we lose to overdose and addiction because it's not just overdose component are so much more than how they passed and so much more than a statistic and in my mind if we can do that if we can get people like scott here to understand that and to really like to it's one thing to know it and it's another thing to feel it and if you can feel that you're much more likely to get behind the cause and much more likely to make some changes so maybe a year from now fentanyl is free in the u.s who knows but if we can and and i if this is the best way i have to spread the message the best plan i could think of to make it work and i i take a lot of pride in that it seems to be making it it seems to be working it has yet to make a big difference but we're we're, head, we're headed in that direction for sure and I'm, I'm really proud for that um tuesdays we do uh we call it topic tuesday it's, it's kind of funny uh, but we do a story now and we just kind of dialed in on that of uh, somebody who has risen from the ashes of addiction into the awesomeness of recovery and we need to hear those things this is a this is a 12-step basic right you hear this stuff all the time in the meetings because it works so um i i, I find somebody in the facebook world whose story i like because there's no shortage of groups and i'll approach them and ask them if they want to come on and share the story with me resoundingly the answer is yes because there's few things more passionate than an addict in recovery and the 12 steps teaches us to to be of service and a great way to be of service is to spread your message so um that is those i love those stories uh, and it moves us in more of a positive direction because mondays can be emotionally taxing at best or at best emotionally taxing sure um horribly emotional um at worst i got to double back on that for a quick second that one that you just heard i was having a hardware problem she sent it to me via messenger and i don't know if you've ever tried to take an audio track from messenger but it's (laughs) it's it's not easy no it's the worst thing you can do to your day right like it's fucking horrible so four times i listened to this goddamn episode of her, her her submission not the episode before I get it onto my computer for the fifth time. That means five times I had to hear this. And the fifth time was no less impactful than the first, right? I spent my whole goddamn day crying, right? Like all day. And then, so it's like, you gotta take a break from that. Like you can't do that all week. I could do it all week and I could probably, but I just personally, I don't, I'm not capable of that. Like it's just too much. So Tuesday, we kind of move in towards a lighter direction, right? Um, Wednesday, we start on some personal growth. We have the captain, we call him, who's just came out with his name. He wants to start using his name, which is Ryan Bathgate. Um, Ryan was a childhood friend of mine. We reconnected through the show. The show has put me in touch with so many people. Uh, he's got a master's degree in some such relevant thing. He's a therapist. He's got passion, charisma, wisdom. Uh, so we break down some of the psychology behind addiction and recovery. And and also just in personal growth. There's a much broader um, demographic that that would appeal to. Or, or apply to whether or not it appeals is up to the listener um but i it's like i, I compare it to some jordan peterson level shit going on he makes me noticeably uncomfortable and this is a direct quote from one of my very loyal listeners he makes me noticeably uncomfortable and she loves that 
because I mean, he's, he's breaking down some of my stuff, right? Which is it's pretty powerful. And I'm an emotional guy. So, you know, he may, he's made me cry once or twice. Thursdays, you know, that's when now we're getting into the funny, right? Uh, and, and that's what he's right. got, right? So uh, just yep. the tips Thursday. Just the tips. I use that for my, uh, it just brings me back into the real world again. You know what I mean? Like, I just got to laugh. Recovery cannot be all fucking serious and sullen all the time. You know, you, you got to have a laugh and you got to have a good time. That's what Thursdays are for me, right? So um, there's, that's a pretty big deal. And then Friday, we're kind of fucking around with Friday. I've got some new plans for this week. So I don't want to talk too much about them. But um, but no, I do want to talk too much about them because by the time this airs, then it'll play, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It will, it will already right. played, yep. So what we've done now is I've connected with a group called the Partners and Spouses of Addicts. Something, something, something. Sorry, I don't have my wording down perfectly. Something to that effect. And they've got a rather large membership. And it's all people that have been married to addicts, you know, or are still married to addicts. Um, partners, loved ones, whatever, and they try to support each other through that journey. And of course, for me, I've never been on that side of it. So not only is it really educational, I guess, for lack of a better term, um, but it, it's, it's connecting with a group of people that almost gets forgotten. And the stigma and bullshit they deal with is just as bad as the addict. So uh, Fridays now, we're going to feature somebody of that of that group, the people that are affected by, but aren't necessarily addicts themselves. So. That's really exciting, really exciting. Um, so yeah, it kind of changes up the thing. Um, I've given them the PSA in the show now as you know, for helping to promote what we're doing. They get you know, their group promoted as well. And, and it's funny because, and I, I think I can say this, cut it out if you don't, the two things that I have in my show right now are not money, right? They're, right. Uh, they're a reciprocal thing happening, right? I, you know, you guys got the daily gratitudes, They've, they've got the PSA, and I can't think of a better way to do it. So that's, that's really fucking cool in my mind about the podcasting world is we're just kind of creating up some stuff together in hopes that, you know, the rising tide brings us all up and, you know, we'll figure it out when we get there. So that's Exactly. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So make sure you guys check out Ashes to Awesome podcast. Chuck, you just had an interview that you wanted to tell us about. Yeah. Um, just, just before you called me and said that you wanted to record, um, I had just gone out for a smoke because I'd just gotten off. <laughs> and that's the way it happens, Good right? for you. Good for you. Went to Costco yeah. by yourself. Yeah, nice, yeah, nice, 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 <laughs> nice. I was hoping for BJ's, ended up at Costco's, right? So, yeah. <laughs> I'm more of a BJ guy. I'm not going to lie. I'm more of a BJ's well, guy. Well, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got yeah, you. Right? Absolutely, right? And, hey, choke. Okay, no, never mind. Anyway. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Stop it, Chuck. This episode. So while I'm in Regina, I meet. Uh, which is not vagina, by the way. Which is Regina. not vagina. While I'm in the city that rhymes with fun, I'm on plenty of fish and I meet this girl called Rider Girl. And we talk for like a day and it just kind of disappears, right? It's like, oh, whatever. But we never met face to face, just via chat and pictures or whatever. And then the very next day, maybe the same day, I meet this other girl whose name I'm not going to say just because whatever it's her, her real name and I don't have a nickname for her. And I go over to her place like day three where I start kind of dating, hanging out with her. Who's sitting at the fucking supper table? Writer girl with her husband. Oh, <laughs> so, oh no. But there were whatever, the things that evolved past that. So um, it was kind of crazy. And I saw her a couple times after that, you know, when I went over there for drinks or something and, and kind of lost touch. But the girl that I dated and I 
we, we, we remained friends even though we didn't date for that long. And so she was just kind of out there on the tertiary, Ryder Girl was. During this time, and this is about six years in between, I meet this other girl, Trish, who's much younger and part of the drug scene in Regina in a big way. And fucking crazy, man. She's like a kind of energy that was like disturbing or funny, depending on the moment. And like, and it's so often the case with addicts, you could tell she was obviously very, very smart. And whatever, she's, she's a hard case. Well, Christmas last year, she falls asleep on a balcony. It's minus 45 degrees Celsius, Ooh, which is actually Jesus. pretty close to Fahrenheit. Actually, it'd be like maybe minus 40 or something like that Fahrenheit. It's fucking cold. She falls asleep December 24th. December 25th, somebody finds her on the balcony and calls the paramedics. Oh, wow. She lived. She was in a coma for two months. And when she woke up, she had no hands or feet. Oh, my God. The frostbite had taken them. Wow. This is Ryder Girl's daughter. Wow. I had known that just, just before I left Regina. So maybe, maybe six months I had known that that was her mom. But I never, it, whatever. That's her daughter. I'm like, oh, my God, man. So I'm in Calgary. I reconnect with Twyla on Facebook. And she's there. I'm like, hey, how's it going? Oh, you live in Calgary too. Oh, no shit. Hey, hey I, I heard about Trish. I'm sorry about that. What are you doing these days? I'm a drug counselor. You're what? Hmm. She was wondering what to do with her life. 14 years she dealt with her daughter being the hardest case of addiction. Mm -hmm. Wakes up in this, from this thing and then she's looking at her daughter and it comes to her, I need to help. I need to be of service. So she goes to school to become a counselor and she now, just like a, maybe a month ago, finished her schooling and, and she's an addictions counselor. So she took that pain and she did something fucking heartwarming with it. So here's what we've done. And by the time I play this, fuck it, I'm just going to say it anyway. It's not my audience. So we went to commercial break and we ended the, the, the interview. She's on her way to see her daughter here in a few days, Trish. When she gets there, we're coming back from commercial break. And I'm so excited to do this. Um, Trish and I haven't seen each other in, in, in a long time. And we're going to share her story from her mouth. And I am blessed and grateful that these guys would trust me with this. And I'm just so excited for it. So it's, it's going to be deep. It's going to be huge. She's, uh, she's bounced back in a big way. And she wants to be a service too. So, yeah. That's amazing. Chuck, you're doing so many great things. And it's no mm -hmm. wonder that, that people trust you. And, and you know, the, the, the thing is, and, and you really hit this home with your Memorial Mondays, is telling the story about who they were, who the, per, who the person was before they died, and not just the addiction can't be what defines them. There's more no. to a person. And, um, you know, you're showing that in, in your story, even though maybe you made some difficult decisions or some, some would call it bad decisions and, and went <laughs> through some yeah, hard times. Yeah. Yep. You were still the same person underneath and you were always kind of, meant to do what you're doing right now it was just finding finding that finding your voice and unfortunately you had to go through the journey that you went through to get to where you're at now to be able to share your story and to be able to take in other stories right and, and, and I, I, I've, I've said for a long time that regrets are for assholes and I, I, I yeah i do have some regrets but at the end of the day if i can turn those you know all those years of chaos and crazy and bad choices into helping people then Hell, man, right? It was all worth it, right? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Chuck, I got to tell you, you're an inspiration, man. And uh, oh, thank you. What I what I'd like to do, you're going to take us out to break. I'm not going to do the typical. You're listening to the No New Friends After Dark or oh. anything silly like that. Yeah. I want you to take us to break the way that you end your show. Oh, uh, yeah. every single yeah. episode. So, Chuck, uh, and and what you're. Uh, Listeners at home uh, or in your car, wherever you listen, uh, this is such a powerful statement. And Chuck ends every single episode with this. And he does it live. It's not pre-recorded. He does it live every single episode, and it's a genuine message. And uh, chokes him up, even chokes me up when I hear it. But <laughs> Chuck, go ahead. First of all, it was a pleasure having you. And we're going to do this again, uh, hopefully with some better internet connection next time uh, so that I can actually hear everything but uh you're an inspiration keep doing what you're doing and whatever we can do to help uh you can count on that but we'll definitely have you on again uh, thank you man thank you man. hey so listen if you're in active addiction right now today could be the day today could be the day that you start that lifelong journey reach out to a friend reach out to a family member go to detox go to a meeting do whatever the hell it is you need to do to get on the other side because it's so much better and if you're the loved one of an addict and if you're the loved one of an addict, you've just taken the time to listen to the No New Friends podcast. And for that, I'm, I'm grateful. But if you could just take one more minute and text that addict and let them know they are loved. Use the words, you are loved. That little glimmer of hope just might be the thing that brings them back. Psst. Hey, you. You want to join a cult? Well, this might be your lucky day. For just $2 a month and a simple blood oath, you can join our clubhouse and become a friend with benefits. In addition to the amazing feeling of donating to the poor, you will have access to Patreon-exclusive content, live shows, and maybe even a behind-the-scenes look at my secret stash. To get started, head on over to nonewfriendspodcast.com and hit join our clubhouse. Can't wait to see you at the initiation ceremony. Oh, and in the chat during our live shows, of course. All right, super interesting interview, Scott. Um, thank you, Chuck. That was you know, really, really awesome that you took the time to talk with Scott. Uh, Scott doesn't do anything, so really, he didn't really have any time out of his day. But thank you for taking the time out of your day, Chuck. Whatever. That's um, not. I, I listened to the episode and I immediately called him and I said, "Do you have? Do you have like a half an hour that we could just knock out this interview real quick? Because I, I have. I have to have you. His 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 message is too important for." us to not be sharing more about it and just encouraging people to check it out. Yeah. hundred percent agree with you. I love how you said, um, everything you said was perfect. I really can't comment anything else because everything you said was perfect. Check out his podcast at podcast ashes to awesome, uh, rising in recovery. Pretty good, pretty good podcast art too. Yeah. 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 Um, Maybe maybe whoever did the podcast art should give you some tips. Just the just the tips, <laughs> Scott. You have any summaries for us? I do. All right. So, <laughs> Chris said that um, I can't read my own writing. Wait, wait, wait. Do you hand write these? I do. <laughs> That's why so old school. <laughs> because I'm trying to read comments on the Discord, and Ryan texts me, and, and there's so much going on. All right. So. <laughs> 
Chris said that to start the show said that this is a supplement to the main show. Chris, the only supplement you need to be worried about is some health supplements. <laughs> you know, Chris, Chris loves to make us think that uh, there's so many conspiracies out there. He loves conspiracies. Everything is a conspiracy. He started off by saying, you know, uh, that there's a conspiracy that chemicals are making frogs gay. Chris, just because you're using chemicals as an excuse to get fat doesn't mean that the frogs can't just embrace who they are. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> this is a really funny. Chris thinks that he has a gay leg. Sorry to break it to you, Chris. That's just diabetes and we're going to have to take your foot. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> so we all know that Chris doesn't work. He doesn't really do anything. So when Nick said that he had to there that he wrote boobs on his calculator, Chris was like, what's a calculator? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Nick, Nick said that he's door dashing pop tarts. <laughs> and I'm just wondering, Chris, how is it that you and I are shopping at Don, John Goodman's big and tall? <laughs> And lastly, when we were all asking each other what percentage gay you were, Chris said he was 15%. But when Chris found out that the national food of the gays was banana bread, he immediately skyrocketed to 35% gay. <laughs> and those are my summaries. <laughs> These summaries just roast of Chris. <laughs> Basically, it's just a big roast of Chris and how and I appreciate Well, he gets right. he he attacks me in in cliff notes, so this is like my my I, time I to love, get him back. I love roasts. I love roasts, especially when they're well I mean, like that. You're also doing like a muscle workout with her. Oh hand yeah, and I bought this is a fit. <laughs> I, I was at this is the only athletic thing that I that I own. I mean, what do you need to? Are you not masturbating? <laughs> I'll tell you what, Nick. Uh, that's something I can't do during the show. This is this is silent enough. This is what? this is why not? Enough. I've done it. <laughs> we had a sex therapist on twice. You know, it, it's only natural, Chris. <laughs> like, I thought that was a requirement. <laughs> this is the only silent fidget uh, because Scott yells at me when I when I use loud ones. Oh, <laughs> uh, Sarah. So, uh, speaking of roast, do you have the history on roast? Not at the moment. Too on the in spot. Blood. Ask me it's, next week. I'll have the whole history for you. Uh, Ryan says I heard Brandon <laughs> Fraser just won Best Actor for playing Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that was a good one. Ah. Oh. Oh, All right, you want to wrap it up? Really good. I never wrap it up. So. Well, if you like this week's episode, you're going to love next week because we have Jeremy Miller, which is the little boy from Growing Pains. He's just always known as the little boy from Growing Pains. Ben Seaver. Ben Seaver. Ben Seaver. Ben Seaver. I say the little boy because you can't read names. I know. He's a little boy to me because I'm dyslexic. So, (laughs) sorry, Ryan. Scott's not allowed to be around little boys. (laughs) (laughs) That's why he doesn't want me to say little boy. (laughs) He's the one he's knocking at his door. Um, Anyway. If you hated this episode, I don't really care. So we'll be back right here next week for No New Dark, No New Friends, During Dark, After Dark, or During Dark, whenever you're listening to it. Maybe it's During Light. I don't know. 
right here with me, with Scott, with Sarah, and hopefully with Nick too, because Nick's a blast. We love having Nick on here. Nick, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's a pleasure as always. Thanks for having me again. You guys are so much fun. I oh, I love having you on. Love having you on. And I will get back to you guys on some homework that I have of asking people why they're getting. Yes, could, thank you, you. Can you record it? You, I need if you could record you uh, asking and get some answers. That would be fantastic. well. Listen, I sent your recording of me on the cars ride from Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that <laughs> and it plays. was it was scary. Yeah, I don't know how that plays on an audio podcast, but yeah. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I was I was scared. I don't let my husband drive again. <laughs> Chris enjoyed it. That's why he has to use that little wrist thing to strengthen that muscle. <laughs> Um. Oh. Oh. And homework for you, Nick, and Sean. Straight questions. Questions for straight. Very curious. Maybe I'm. Sean's already made a list. Maybe I'm so. I don't know. We'll find out next week. So anyway, on behalf of me, because I'm saying it. On behalf of Scott. On behalf of Sarah. On behalf of Nick. I'm Chris. <laughs> we'll see you next week. We actually won't see you next week, but you'll hear my voice next week. Um, okay, so we're going to cut a lot of that out. Um, uh, we are? Are you going to edit this? No, I'm sure you will. This is a lot of that didn't flow. I think we should rename this to just uh, New New Friends, the Big Gay Podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I've changed the logo a little bit. Get some get some flair in there. Oh, yeah. Some flair. Flair. No New Friends After Dark has been brought to you by Sandpiper Vacations. Sandpipervacations.com. Just check out our website, nonewfriendspodcast.com. Become a friend with benefits. Check out our sweet merch and so much more. This has been a No New Friends Entertainment LLC production.